think it's interesting that under a gray zone video about Biden's chief propagandist, this is what it says. U.S. elections. The AP has called the presidential race for Joe Biden. See more on Google. Trust Google, everyone. Come on, trust Google. Robust safeguards help ensure the integrity of elections and results. Oh, yeah, sort of like the way they did with Bernie in the primaries the last two times. The narrative managers are out in full force. This is Ben Norton from The Gray Zone. His article is titled, Biden State Media Appointee Advocated Using Propaganda Against Americans and Rethinking First Amendment. This guy next to my right earlobe is Richard Rick Stengel, and wow, he is a doozy. Richard Stengel, the top state media appointee for U.S. President-elect Joe Biden's transition team, has enthusiastically defended the use of propaganda against Americans. My old job at the State Department was what people used to joke as the chief propagandist, Stengel said in 2018. I'm not against propaganda. Every country does it, and they have to do it to their own population. And I don't necessarily think it's that awful. Hoo boy! Richard Rick Stengel was the longest-serving Undersecretary of State for Public Diplomacy and Public Affairs in U.S. history. At the State Department under President Barack Obama, Stengel boasted that he started the only entity in government, non-classified entity, that combated Russian disinformation. That institution was known as the Global Engagement Center, and it amounted to a massive vehicle for advancing U.S. government propaganda around the world. A committed crusader in what he openly describes as a global information war, Stengel has proudly proclaimed his dedication to the careful management of the public's access to information. Make no mistake, dear viewers and listeners, this guy is the enemy even more than the comfy Democrats. This guy is an obstacle, and he's standing right in between the U.S. people and what they need. Stengel outlined his worldview in a book he published this June entitled Information Wars, How We Lost the Global Battle Against Disinformation and What We Can Do About It. Stengel has proposed rethinking the First Amendment that guarantees the freedom of speech and press. In 2018, he stated, Having once been almost a First Amendment absolutist, I have really moved my position on it because I just think for practical reasons in society, we have to kind of rethink some of those things. For practical reasons that the oligarchy wants its foot even farther up your ass, I think we should rethink these things. The Biden transition team's selection of a sensorial info warrior for its top state media position comes as a concerted suppression campaign takes hold on social media. The wave of online censorship has been overseen by U.S. intelligence agencies, the State Department, and Silicon Valley corporations that maintain multi-billion dollar contracts with the U.S. government. This is me talking. They just had the CEOs of Facebook and YouTube in congressional hearings. Again, they gotta explain some things to these guys. Make no mistake, Facebook and YouTube are state-run media. No wonder he needs to rethink the First Amendment. Back to the story. As the state-backed censorship dragnet expands, independent media outlets increasingly find themselves in the crosshairs. 
In the past year, social media platforms have purged hundreds of accounts of foreign news publications, journalists, activists, and government officials from countries targeted by the United States for regime change. Stengel's appointment appears to be the clearest signal of a coming escalation by the Biden administration of the censorship and suppression of online media that is seen to threaten U.S. imperatives abroad. Rick Stengel from Obama administration's chief propagandist to Russiagate-peddling MSNBC pundit. Another example of the stunning talent they have on MSNBC. Before being appointed as the U.S. State Department's chief propagandist in 2013, Richard Stengel was a managing editor of Time magazine. In the Obama administration, Stengel not only created the Global Engagement Center propaganda vehicle, he also boasted that he led the creation of English for All, a government-wide effort to promote the teaching of English around the world. After leaving the State Department in 2016, Stengel became a strategic advisor to Snap Incorporated, the company that runs the social media apps Snapchat and Bitmoji. Well, that's reassuring. Stengel also found the time for a fellowship at the Atlantic Council, a think tank closely linked to NATO and the Biden camp, which has received funding from the U.S. government, Britain, the European Union, and NATO itself, along with a host of Western weapons manufacturers, fossil fuel corporations, Gulf monarchies, and big tech juggernauts. I don't know, dear viewers and listeners, if you know anything about the Atlantic Council, but it is bad, bad news. This is the very heart of U.S. imperialism. Stengel worked closely with the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensic Research Lab, a dubious organization that has fueled efforts to censor independent media outlets in the name of fighting disinformation. Whenever you hear these assholes use the word disinformation, they're talking about me. Maybe you agree with them. I'd like to think of myself as dis-disinformation. But Stengel is perhaps most well-known as a regular political analyst on MSNBC in the Donald Trump era. On the network, he fueled Russiagate conspiracy theories, portraying the Republican president as a useful idiot of Russia and claiming Trump had a one-sided bromance with Vladimir Putin. Stengel left MSNBC this November to join Biden's presidential transition. The campaign announced that he was tapped to lead the Biden-Harris Agency Review Team for the United States Agency for Global Media, USAGM, or USAGM. USAGM, all right. Agency review teams are an integral part of the transition process responsible for evaluating the operations of federal agencies. Our teams are composed of diverse experts with deep policy expertise, ready to ensure we're prepared to lead on day one. That's from the Biden-Harris presidential transition. USAGM is a state media propaganda organization that has its origins in a Cold War vehicle created by the CIA to spread disinformation against the Soviet Union and Communist China. The agency was previously called the Broadcasting Board of Governors, or BBG, until it rebranded in 2018. USAGM states on its website that its most important mission is to be consistent with the broad foreign policy objectives of the United States. An agency shakeup this year produced revelations that USAGM provided clandestine assistance to separatist activities during the protests that consumed Hong Kong in 2019. 
The program earmarked secure communications assistance for protesters and $2 million in rapid response payouts for anti-China activists. Your government dollars at work. Richard Stengel's obsessive crusade against Russian disinformation. When Richard Stengel referred to himself as the State Department's chief propagandist, advocated the use of propaganda against the American people, and proposed to rethink the First Amendment, he was participating in a May 3, 2018 panel discussion at the Council on Foreign Relations, CFR. During the CFR event, titled Political Disruptions, Combating Disinformation and Fake News, Stengel hyped up the threat of supposed Russian disinformation, a vague term that is increasingly used as an empty signifier for any narrative that offends the sensibilities of Washington's foreign policy establishment. Stengel stated that he was obsessed with fighting disinformation and made it clear he has a particular obsession with Moscow, accusing the Russians of engaging in full-spectrum disinformation. Joining him on stage was political scientist Kelly M. Greenhill, who mourned that alternative media platforms publish things that seem like they could be true. That's the sphere where it's particularly difficult to debunk them. It's this gray region, this gray zone, where it's not traditional disinformation, but a combination of misinformation and play on rumors, conspiracy theories, sort of gray propaganda. That's where I think the nub or the crux of the problem lies. That's fucking hilarious. This gray zone is very dangerous, is it not? That's why, dear viewers and listeners, we all need to live in this gray region, this gray zone. It's not traditional disinformation. Traditional disinformation is what MSNBC does. It's the antidote to traditional disinformation. Back to the story. Stengel approved, adding, By the way, those terms, the gray zone, are all from Russian active measures that they've been doing for a million years. The panelists made no effort to hide their disdain for independent and foreign media outlets. Stengel stated clearly that a news cartel of mainstream corporate media outlets had long dominated U.S. society, but he bemoaned that those cartels don't have hegemony like they used to. Those were his words. Those cartels don't have hegemony like they used to. So sad. Stengel made it clear that his mission is to counter the alternative perspectives given a voice by foreign media platforms that challenge the U.S.-dominated media landscape. The bad actors use journalistic objectivity against us, and the Russians in particular are smart about this, Stengel grumbled. He singled out Russia's state-funded media network RT, lamenting that Vladimir Putin, when they launched Russia Today, said it was an antidote to the American-English hegemony over the world media system. That's how people saw it. Ben Decker, a research fellow at the Misinformation Project at the Harvard Kennedy School of Government, lamented that RT is invading every weekly finance media space. But Decker was cheered by the proliferation of U.S. oligarchs committed to retaking control of the narrative. In America and across the world, he stated, the donor community is very eager to address this problem and very eager to work with communities of researchers, academics, journalists, etc. to target this problem. I think that there is an appetite to solve this from the top down, he continued, urging the many academics in the audience to apply for grant money in order to fight this Russian disinformation. 
The CFR panel culminated with an African audience member rising from the crowd and confronting Stengel. Because what is happening in America is what the United States flipped on the global south and in the third world, which we lived with for many, many years in terms of a master narrative that was and still is propaganda, the man declared. Rather than respond, Stengel rudely ignored the question and made his way hurriedly for the exit. You know what? I hate last questions, don't you? I never, I usually just want to end something before the last question. The video of the revealing confrontation caused such a furor that CFR's YouTube account disabled comments and made the video unlisted. It cannot be found in a search on Google or YouTube. It can only be found with the direct link. The video of the full discussion is embedded below. I'll be sure you have this link in the show notes below. And finally, I'll add that this is not just Stengel. We also just saw today. Today is, is November 13th. There is a new article in The New Yorker, the liberal bourgeois magazine of record, and it's written by the former top lawyer for the National Security Agency, the NSA. Of course, people probably know that Edward Snowden, the whistleblower, exposed how the NSA ha has spied on millions and millions of Americans, on our phone calls, on our emails, on all of our communications. The NSA also spies on people around the world, including so-called allies of the United States, like the German chancellor and Australia and other countries. But the point is that the former lawyer, the top lawyer who oversaw this massive espionage, mass surveillance campaign at the NSA, under not just Obama, but also Trump, he just wrote this article in The New Yorker warning of the threat of so-called disinformation. Again, saber-rattling about Russia and China, claiming that they're manipulating our open platforms of social media and that we need to crack down on social media. We need to censor social media to protect U.S. national security, in scare quotes. So we see a host of figures. It's not just Richard Stengel. We see a host of figures from the U.S. national security state, these spy agencies who have spied on us, American citizens, taxpayers, for years. And now they're going even further and saying that not only are we going to spy on Americans, we're going to censor their free speech. We're going to censor independent alternative media outlets in the name of protecting so-called national security. That's unfortunately what we can expect even more of with the Biden administration. It's especially concerning considering you have the so-called progressive wing of the Democratic Party led by figures such as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez actually advocating for more labeling and more censorship on these social media sites. It's something we're going to have to watch very closely as people who depend on, on outlets such as Twitter and Facebook and YouTube for that matter to spread our information and consume it. So Ben Norton, thank you so much for breaking down this story and for following it to begin with. That article he mentioned from the New Yorker, the bourgeois rag of record is called The National Security Case for Fixing Social Media by Glenn S. Gerstel. This is very spooky stuff if you know what I'm saying. Here's an excerpt. In recent years, we've learned a lot about what makes a disinformation campaign effective. Disinformation works best when it's consistent with an audience's preconceptions. A fake story that's dismissed as incredible by one person can appear quite plausible to another who's predisposed to believe in it. This is me talking. That's why they don't like us. 
They keep helping you become more and more predisposed to believing in shit like Russiagate, and they don't like it when other people can undo their work. Back to the story. It's for this reason that while foreign governments may be capable of more concerted campaigns, American disinformers are especially dangerous. They have their fingers on the pulse of our social and political divisions. At the moment, disinformation seems to be finding a more receptive audience on the political right. And this is me again, but disinformation is also finding its way into the political left. They really, really don't want that. Perhaps, as some researchers have suggested, an outlook rooted in aggrievement and a distrust of institutions makes it easier to believe in wrongdoing by elites. Notice the French spelling of elites. Because as we all know, dear viewers and listeners, there's no reason to be aggrieved, right? Those oligarchs love you. Yeah, the last thing we need is people understanding that there is wrongdoing by elites. So uh, I'll, you'll be the last question, but I just want to weigh in on that for one second. So there's another word for master narratives. It's called history. <laughs> Basically, every country creates their own narrative story. And, and you know, my old job at the State Department was what people used to joke as the chief propagandist job. We haven't talked about propaganda. Propaganda, I'm not against propaganda. Every country does it and they have to do it to their own population. And I don't necessarily think it's that awful. And this idea of a, of a, of a uh, cart news cartel, I mean, I, I, I was editor of Time in 2012 uh, during that election. And I remember, you know, you're competing against cartels and everybody. I remember being on a panel with the then editor of the New York Times who said, it's really hard to break through these days. This is the editor of the New York Times saying it's hard to break through. I almost, I wanted to jump off the platform. Like, what's it like for the rest of everybody? So, I mean, there, there's no, I mean, there are cartels, but cartels don't have hegemony like they used to. Oh, damn. The gentleman right there, last question. I don't think you want to address the issue in terms of understanding what happened in the world. Because what is happening in America is what the United States flipped on the global south and in the third world which we live with for many, many years in terms of a master narrative that was, was and still is propaganda. <laughs> I hate last questions. <laughs> Don't you? I never, I usually just want to end something before the last question. Um, but at any rate, I want to thank this fantastic panel. <laughs> what today. an asshole. Oh, wasn't that uh, nice? Oh, wasn't that nice? And, and I, I do want to say, I actually think, I mean, the talk about optimism, I mean, the optimism is all, is all of you there oh, figuring oh. out how to teach your students about this and using some of the techniques. Oh, and yeah, I'm going to do that. Uh, that. We've talked about here today, and I hope you're asshole, successful. Thank you very much. Asshole, asshole. Yeah, if you watch this show, you might say uncomfortable things like that guy said. We wouldn't want that now, would we, dear viewers and listeners? We should probably stop watching such dangerous stuff. You know, it might, it might get us into trouble.